Sylvester Stallone is a cop in the future, and his nemesis has escaped from captivity with the help of a corrupt politician who also framed Stallone for murder. Said politician is murdered himself by the nemesis, leaving future cop Stallone to have the final showdown. Also, Rob Schneider is here, and as much as I'd like to tell you we're talking about Demolition Man, tonight we're talking about Judge Dredd. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Listener, and welcome to the 84th edition of Hops and Box Office Flops for our penultimate episode in the Tango and Captain Cash Stallone Bombs series, Judge Dread. I, Captain Cash, am the law. Look, we're going to do that like a lot on this pod. So if you want to play a drinking game at home, just drink anytime we do that or any of the other really stupid catchphrases. Uh, in any case, I will be your judge on this ride through Mega City One. Along, as always, is the rookie judge, the Thunderous Wizard. I didn't break the law. I am the law. Drink. And fresh from his time wasteland of the cursed earth. Earth? Oh my god, did I just, did I Will Smith that? Cursed earth. Chumpzilla. I am the law. I think that might be the best one so far. I like it. All right, series regular Mayor McCheese is here. I am the law. And as a special guest, we have Bling Blake. I am the law. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Listeners, get on the social and tell us which of us did the best I am the law, because I'm really curious. This is a tough one. We are presented by revengeofthefans.com. You can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at hops and boflops. Leave us a comment on what movie you'd like to hear us do next. Thunderous Wizard, where can the fan find you? Uh, when I'm not wandering the wastelands with Rob Schneider... Uh, bringing law to the lawless yeah i'm at writer tlk on twitter all right excellent and when you're not leading your religious murder zealot cult uh but the different religious murder zealot cult than you led in the mist pod chumzilla where can you be found the listener can find me wondering this cursed earth at chumpzilla8 on twitter we're gonna throw a lot of scenarios out there as to what we thought could have made this better. But, uh, okay, just one real fast before we do everybody else's social. What if Will Smith was Dread? Better or worse Judge Dread movie? Uh, there's nothing Knowing... redeeming this movie, so it doesn't matter who played Judge Dread. <laughs> I'm saying 95 Will Smith. We would have got at least a Judge Dread rap song out of it, which to me maybe worth makes it, it worth it. <laughs> worth it. 100% worth it. All right, Mayor McCheese, where on the socials might you be found? HBOF McCheese. And Bling Blake, would you like to drop a social thing or are you going to stay off the radar? You guys can find me uh, on Instagram because I've I'm been banned from Twitter uh, for my hot takes on Will Smith movies. Uh, <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram at Bling underscore Blake. Spectacular. And last but not least, I am C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. The beer for tonight, if you are drinking along at home, which we strongly recommend if you're watching this movie, is Evil Twin Brewing's Molotov Cocktail. Am I pronouncing that correct, Al? Molotov? Molotov? How do you guys Molotov. do it? Molotov. 
Molotov. Molotov. Molotov? I'm going to do however I want. Molotov. Uh, this Imperial IPA is from USA's Mega City One, New York, specifically Brooklyn. Brooklyn, where you at? Uh, it is an explosive 12% ABV. Uh, so let's uh, give it a taste. Uh, I am the beer. At 12%, is it still beer? Oh, wow. <laughs> is that technically mead at that point? <laughs> I, I think it's technically a weak wine, but uh, that is whew, that is hoppy about, and piney and super boozy. I, I, I'd say it's a one point away from wine. It has to be at least a mead. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, that's a malt liquor. That, yeah. that is a strong, that is a strong beverage. Um, when, we, when we talk about mouthfeel, how, how much effort does it take to chew it? <laughs> mouthfeel is sort of like someone kicked you in the teeth. <laughs> For the record. Uh, well, this is, I, honestly, solid IPA. I didn't know mouthfeel was a thing until Jeffzilla said it the other time on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh bullshit! A you're you're a you're a wine guy. I don't tell me you haven't gone to a stupid wine tasting and they talk about mouthfeel. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> the guy sitting in the corner ignoring everybody talking about tannins and refusing to spit out any of the flavors and just getting sloshed. So he's he's just so tough. He doesn't talk about yeah. mouthfeel, you guys. I thought yeah. that, I thought my that mouth has no feelings. Choices. Yeah, let's just face it. Anytime the thunderous wizard is on a wine tasting, he's getting straight up like white girl and white wine drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a thing to behold. Um, so I think I was the only one able to acquire this beautiful imperial thing. I'm going to, guys, I'm going to have like one of these be drunk. This is going to be a really interesting pod. Uh, but if I had to rate this as the number of bad movies I would sit through to drink this, I, I, I would get one and a half movies before I pass the fuck out. <laughs> it's, it's really good, but uh, wow, there's a reason they only sell them in four packs. Let's just jump into Judge Dredd. This is the first uh, film adaptation of the comic book character Judge Dredd from the 2080 comics originally published in the 70s. Um, like all our films in the Tango and Captain Cash series, this is a Sylvester Stallone vehicle. Uh, and like many other movies in this series, I'm starting to realize, has a murderer's row of character actors. I'm not really sure how that's happened the last every time we have done this. But like... It, this movie has Armand Gotti Asante as the primary antagonist, antagonist Rico, the <laughs> who's supposed to be Judge Dredd's twin, which, I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure, they're twins. <laughs> like, they... <laughs> what mother names their kids Joseph and Rico? That, those aren't <laughs> twin names. Yeah, that's... You get, like, a Joey and a John. The lab tech that, that assigned him Rico when the other one was Joseph was immediately fired and then judged. <laughs> Captain Cash, you said that wrong. It's Joey. It's Joey. Joey, put your giant gun away, Joey. I, I buy Joey and Rico. I definitely buy Joey and Rico. Joseph, no. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the film also has Diane Lane as the rookie Judge Hershey, also sort of a weird tacked-on love interest, which, quick pause here. Which is the weirdest pairing of leading women with Sylvester Stallone that are young enough to be his daughter? Lane or Sandra Bullock? 
Uh, Bullock. Bullock. I yeah. mean, interestingly, Bullock is the older of the two, and there's an 18-year difference between Bullock, 19-year with Lane. I always thought Diane Lane was born 53. I Right? She's I mean, timeless. She's a ageless. Beautiful 53. Yeah. She like might Sophia be a clone. Loren 53. Yeah. It it was a nice reminder that that she uh was a smoke show. I I listen. Forever remains, always. Remains the smoke show. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't, like, don't she started a smoke show. Wizard. She remains a smoke show. <laughs> Any other thing will get the thunderous wizard just all up in your your business. You don't want that. She's classically beautiful and it's not my fault. It's just a fact. <laughs> Would you would you like the floor of the thunderous wizard if Diane Lane's listening? Oh, I could sit here and talk about Diane Lane all day, but that would really distract from all the terrible, awful, stupid shit that happens in this movie. So we do get notable turns from veteran film titans Jurgen Prochnow and Max von Sydow as the elder evil and good judges, respectively, because '90s casting had about as much subtlety as a lawgiver pistol to the temple. Uh, Scott Wilson of The Walking Dead fame is here as a minor religious zealot antagonist. Wait, Walking Dead fame? You mean the mist fame? Yeah. It took John Lee! No, 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 that's no, Dale. Different, yep, different, different guy. guy. He's Herschel in The He's Walking Herschel. Dead. He's Herschel, and uncredited in this Damn movie. It. Yeah. There, and I mean, we're skipping over a ton of other things just to add, like, there are voice actor cameos in this, and we because the film opens with Darth fucking Vader giving the narration, which... Kudos to them for getting that, right? He didn't know what he was Out doing. Out of nowhere. Yeah. He was like, hey, yeah. do you want to shoot this Arby's commercial? He's like, sure. What's it about? Well, when you eat too many Arby's, it's like a post-apocalyptic nightmare session on the toilet. Okay, I'll read this. He had no idea what movie this was for. <laughs> James Earl Jones owed somebody a favor. <laughs> what? What is it you want me to read? Yeah, all, all right. How, sure, how long is it going to be? An afternoon? Okay, yeah. cool. Something tells me he lost a bet. <laughs> Did you guys keep waiting for him to show up, though? Like, I thought for sure he was going to show up at like, the end. Like he'd be on the council. Yeah, like, like, oh, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I will tell you what I was waiting this entire movie for, and that was for Sandra Bullock to show up. I'm like, so when's <laughs> Sandra Bullock show up? Because I know she's in this, right? Like, wait, which one is this one? <laughs> Shit. I'm, I'm really upset you didn't mention James Remar. Of... Who also uncredited. Yeah, uh, James Remar's the man. He was the Raiden in the terrible Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> <laughs> you mean all of them? Oh. No, the first one rules. I mean, I mean, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you watched? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Know. The the last person I just wanted to highlight because it entertained the shit out of me is the voice of the computer. Uh, is Rizzo from Greece? <laughs> uh, Adrian Barbeau. Oh, and uh, Rob Schneider is here as a carrot. Rob Schneider. Or a stapler. Shooting, shooting criminals. Shooting, shooting, shooting. <laughs> Making some judgments. Going down to the law. It's uh, All right. Anyway, the whole thing was directed by Brit Danny Cannon, who would later go on to direct I Know What You Did Last Summer and just a literal ton of TV shows. He's done Gotham, CSI, Shameless, a bunch of different CFI, CSI spinoffs. So he's working and doing fine. The movie's a little short, only running about 96 minutes. Uh, it was an R-rated film, had a budget of $90 million, uh, but only managed to bring in 113.5 worldwide. It sits uncomfortably at 20% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of only 30%. 
which that feels a little harsh. Harsh, man. <sighs> like this is an art. I'm not. I'm not saying this is a good movie. Uh, but thirty, 30 I, seems low because usually even like pretty terrible movies get like a thirty percent markup over the critics. Like I, I'd have called it 40. 40, 45, maybe fifty seems aggressive. If this had been directed by Luke Besson, it would be as good as The Fifth Element, and you guys would love it. Listen, there is a strong argument to be made that if you got Verhoeven to direct this thing, it would have been great, except it, he already did that, and it was called Robocop. It would have been incredible, <laughs> yeah. If this movie at all understood what Judge Dredd is, it could have been awesome. Instead, they put uh, Stallone in platform shoes, and he's comically tall, and it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, to that point, the uh, the troubled production that resulted from uh, this whole thing where one side wanted this to be an action comedy, the other side wanted it to be more dark and satirical, ultimately resulted in the director being locked out of the editing room. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of why I think this really did what it did. Uh, but let's get into the plot so we can really talk about it. IMDb calls this, In a dystopian future, Joseph Dredd, the most famous judge, parenthetical, police officer with instant field judiciary powers, close parenthetical, is convicted of a crime he did not commit and must face his murderous counterpart. Anyone do better than that? Uh, it's a movie about a fascist who's less fascist than his brother, who also is a fascist, and the movie doesn't get that they're fascists. Fair enough, Merrick G's. Mine is, hey kids, want to see what happens when people ignore climate change and fully accept a law and order society? Well, here you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Bling Blake, what do you got for this? Uh, it's actually not that far away from, from the mayors there. Uh, a fun romp through the futuristic judicial system starring your favorite action hero and a plucky Rob Schneider. Stay tuned to the end, kids. You don't want to miss the ending. <laughs> More to add, Chumzilla? Hey, this sounds like Demolition Man too. Somebody get Rob Schneider on the phone. <laughs> oh, I, I can only I, assume that's what went through Sly's head, because he, yes, he famously clashed with the director, who was a Brit who was familiar with the character from the comics. Whereas Sly was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna make another action movie, and it's gonna be funny." Oh yeah, Somebody get Rob go. Schneider. I like that guy. It was, it was some, fun. We need more Stallone voice. We haven't done enough yet. We really have. I expected us to do more, but you know what? That's fine because I am the law. We can, we can ratchet it up right now. First off, McCheese, I knew you'd say that. And don't worry. I think <laughs> next week's pod, we're going to get plenty of Stallone voice oh. on Bullet to the Head. <laughs> All right. Or is it Bullet to the Bone or Bad to the Bullet? Whatever. Either way. As far as this plot goes, we get an exhibition dump from Thulsa Doom himself that it's 100 years into the future and that the Earth has become an uninhabitable wasteland, the Cursed Earth. Cursed Earth. I, I really, I just want to keep doing it. Drinking at home, Cursed Earth. Drink. <laughs> most of humanity uh, crowd is into megacities, with Megacity 1 being the largest and most dangerous of these cities. To combat that crime, the traditional justice system has been replaced with the core of the judges, who combines the role of police officer, jury, and executioner. Can we just talk? This movie starts out hilarious. Because we get the the James Earl Jones intro where you're like, this is going to be some serious shit. Like, you're going to see some stuff. And then the 
first face we recognize on screen is Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider is in a dystopian wasteland. That juxtaposition is just delightful. And I think that you can really see the director's vision not coming through. <laughs> it's something. And when Stallone pulls up on his, uh, you know, hover motorcycle, it's called. Oh, something. It's not the hover bike at that point. Yeah. Uh, and he's just standing in the middle of the street as James Remar and his gang shoots him. He's it's okay. They can't hit over 200 meters. It's like, I thought this was the future. Why are they shooting like gun technology? Yeah. Only advanced, only advanced to the lawgiver. Nobody yeah. else. He can't be hit from a third story window, but this is the future. <laughs> Schneider's <laughs> holding two handfuls of shotgun shells. What I, I find like... entertaining is later in the movie when they're talking about the motorcycle, they describe it as having like dual laser cannons, but we only see it firing like traditional rounds. So it's an interesting description of the technology, especially with the law, bring your gun or whatever. But yeah, everybody's just got standard ballistic weapons and you know shotguns and assault rifles. Nothing, nothing too futuristic in the guns, aside would... from the voice command Siri gun. I would just like to say that I feel like truly the mark of 2020 is Rob Schneider with just two handfuls of shotgun shots. <laughs> yeah, that really is. That. But it's going to be missed style, so it's always one shotgun shell less than That's what you really need. need. Yeah, it's fair. Is there is there any Bond movie that doesn't have better weaponry than? I mean, every Bond movie has better weaponry than Judge Dredd. <laughs> every Bond movie from the 60s on was more technologically inventive than Mega City 1, which is essentially just the Mario Brothers dino hat with <laughs> Stallone really and skin-tight pants. Thank you. I have a note here, and I can erase it, because it <laughs> is. It's the same friggin' thing, just taller. Well, uh, and to be honest, they were shooting for Blade Runner-like, which they also were shooting for in the Super Mario Brothers movie, so it's not 100% unintentional. Listen, we do two kinds of dystopian future cyberpunk dystopian future or outland dystopian future and here we get both yeah I think there's oh. an argument to be made that this is part of the mad max world it could be we were just one koopa the fear-mongering sign away from this being like an indirect sequel to the mario brothers bob hoskins could have been dread i'm just saying <laughs> hang on hang on let me think i in law come on <laughs> Wait, if I just do Cockney. Yeah, so you, you gotta get. I want British Bob Hoskins. Yeah, no, yeah. I was not, to, not, not fake Hoskins. Italian Bob Hoskins. I'm just gonna do a, a accent. Uh, wait, hang on. Hi, Bob Hoskins. I'm the law. Yeah, it doesn't work. Well, anyway, here's the question. Moving on. Okay, now we just jumped right to dread there. Is the movie yeah. better with Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit as partners, as judges? <laughs> I def I would definitely watch that. I would pay to see it in theaters. Wait, I would wait, pay wait. to see it no, no, no. in theaters nowadays, but I would pay to see that in theaters. Only if Roger Rabbit is Judge Dredd and Bob Hoskins is Hershey. <laughs> no, wait. Eddie, I am the law. <laughs> All I'm wait. saying is this movie would have done better if it had the Yoshi puppet from Super Mario Brothers bite Rob Schneider's head off at some point. That would have been worth the price of admission. That's that's actually fair. If Yoshi was the clone. And I was like, geez, these scientists were real <laughs> fucked up when they started making these clones. You go from so, Stallone to Armand DeSante to a lizard. I'm pretty sure if you look closely at some of those like Outland scenes, you actually do catch a cameo from Mojo Nixon. So maybe they are in a shared universe. 
All right. So we mentioned that there is a block war. Rob Schneider hijacks a a food cart where this is the only time in the whole film where I think you get close to satire where the uh, you you skipped over one of the best scenes where we get to see what the lawgiver does and it has my favorite line where he goes double whammy and it can shoot two bullets at once somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid fire. So we should say the lawgiver gun, which the movie does stop about 15 minutes in to explain all of the judges armor and weaponry and what it does. But they have a gun that it's the Siri gun. You you say words into it and it does the thing. I I wanted to make sure we commented on that because, you know, Judge Dredd breaks in, kills everybody. But in doing so, you get to see what the lawgiver does. And some of the some of the commands are just dumb. Signal flare. (laughs) armor piercing a still getty and then it shoots boner pills at you a still getty all right hashtag get it can get it we're moving on <laughs> it'll never go um, away <laughs> so rob schneider finds himself in the middle of this hijacks a food vending robot thing which does the only bit of a, i don't know that i call it clever satire but it does the Eat recycled food. It's good for the planet and okay for you. And like that was the one thing where I went, okay, kind of clever. Yeah, but the movie's supposed to understand like what it is, and it clearly doesn't because it's like, oh yeah, all these poor people are oppressed. But then he pulls them out there. He's like, oh, hijacking a recycle bot. You're judged. It's like, he's which just is what happens. And he sends Rob Schneider, Fergie. Not not that one. Rob Schneider is Fergie, but not that one. <laughs> that is in the closing credits, though. Doesn't he sing Fergalicious? It's just him dancing. <laughs> that would be worth the price of admission. I would pay to see that in theaters. Not a lot of money, but, you know. Uh, but he does judge Fergie and says, oh, you, you're a recidivist five years. So we get to see that Judge Dredd is, uh, is hard-nosed for the law, and only the law doesn't make mistakes. We get the exposition dump of Judge Dredd showing off all the judge gear. Um, and then we learn that Rico, a former judge, has escaped from prison with the help of Judge Griffin, as played by Jurgen Prochnow. Uh, and he has to go back to Mega City One to get Judge's armor, a lawgiver, and he finds an ABC robot, which, of the effects in this movie, uh, listen, I don't think this is a good movie. But visually, it's pretty solid, and all the effects, with the exception of the the flying motorbike, are pretty good. Practical effects are good. The Angel Gang, the mechanical fellow. Mean Machine Angel, yeah, we'll get there. It's awesome, yeah. Like, there's a lot of good, both costume design and just set dressing here, I think. And one of those is this giant ABC robot, which they actually built. A big fucking robot, which is awesome. I'm not as big a fan as the costumes. It looks like a shitty Michael Jackson video for the most part. Like they're what? they're comically large. Everything is comically large. Well, that's sort of comic accurate, and I have no complaints. I think the visuals in this movie are one of the few things that works really well and are true to the source material. Yeah, but as we know from you, you also think Electro should have his stupid, like, Electro shock helmet. So, Fuck yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, I think the, the giant, oversized, comically big thing 
is supposed to emphasize how stupid and fascist this is, <laughs> except the the movie just doesn't realize it. They have an eagle headquarters. Yeah, it's just eagles on either side. It's real big. The the only no, question no, I building. have with the the only question I have with the ABC robot is he takes him fucking everywhere. So either every hallway and doorway is enormous, or that guy is crawling through everything where he makes his poor ass yeah. go. That's your problem with the ABC robot? They're illegal like unless they're decommissioned, and he just opens, he's like, he pushes one button here and plugs in the tiniest little plug, and suddenly War Robot is back! Yeah. I, I mean, I, I believe that with this movie. I don't believe them getting through the buildings and the hallways. I believe that Rico <laughs> can just crack his head open and be like, beep, boop, and then he's now fully armed, which apparently he bought the bolt somewhere and put him in him, but... I. I'll accept that with this movie. I don't accept that he just somehow climbed in those people's houses. <laughs> I don't like that this movie relies on him being hidden from view multiple times when he's 15 <laughs> feet tall. Wait, and if you guys are going to complain about the quick wiring and hot wiring done to activate him, let's not forget he was voice programmed. He's just like bodyguard. Also, we're at war. And that's all it takes, and now he's just like a sentient murder bot? Like, oh, Listen, okay. When okay, that happens, also, he, what you do is you get a really thin pin, and you have to push it in this one spot, and it just resets your war robot with yeah, voice command. Well, it's like a router. It's a router. <laughs> Hold the button. Pull the power plug for 30 seconds and plug it back in. We missed the crucial scene where Armand DeSante goes naked and goes, Take this DNA! And then has no, sex no, no. with the murder bot. And it is born in his image, so really heavy undertones there, but they had to cut it out, obviously. We're going to skip that. My second problem with the ABC robot, now that I remember it, is they gave him like weird facial emotions and grunting instead of just being a robot. I mean, listen, it's weird enough that I'm kind of here for it. I mean, I'll accept it, but at the same time, are we going for dystopian future or are we going for buddy comedy? Or not buddy comedy, cop comedy. Gee, well, this fucking movie didn't know. How do you expect me yeah. to? Yeah. Okay. yeah, I agree. Then I'll accept it. All right. So, oh, go ahead. I was just say, how long do we have to wait for the co-ed locker rooms, though? Like all the dystopian futures share, share the same thing, and it's co-ed locker rooms. And I don't know when that happens. We are oh in the God. third millennia, are we not? It no, is I mean, the future that liberals want. Can, <laughs> I think if you move to Oregon right now, you can have it immediately. They're not gonna let me stay there. <laughs> I can't go back to Oregon, and I don't want to talk about why. <laughs> anyway, non-binding so agreement. Ne next up, we see that uh, a news reporter who's been critical of Dread is at home with his wife. Someone in the full judge armor comes in, murders them, uh, and Dread and Dread is taken for trial before the the Council of Judges. Uh, where it is revealed that the bullets that were that killed the reporter had Dredd's DNA on it, and that's how they know it was Dredd that did it. Which, like, it's weird to me that the judges didn't know that, because when they play it off, it's this thing where Dredd's about to get free because he's chosen Hershey as his defender, and they're like, wait, wait, I, have, I called the lawgiver thing. Give me the lawgiver files. And they're like, wait, what is this? And none of the other judges seem to realize that the bullets they're shooting are coded specifically for them yeah uh also the guy he shoots is the general from lethal weapon also greg's dad from dharma and greg huh yep. or greg's dad i guess 
Yeah. Too bad. Um, ultimately, and w- w- you'll later understand why exactly it is that there that it wasn't dread and they were able to get his DNA. It's it's still confusing. Well, it's and so painfully. The, the reason the reason the gun has DNA is because plot was necessary. Yes, we needed to. <laughs> it's the plot gun, and that's what happens. Uh, but thankfully, the good elder judge Max von Sydow is able to take the long walk, where he now goes out into the cursed earth to bring law to the lawless in order to ask for clemency for dread. So instead of being immediately executed, he is sent to the Aspen Penal Colony. Also, real oversight by uh, the German guy from Das Boot. Like, you just gotta. You I'm gotta, sorry. His name is Jurgen Prock now. You gotta no, kill. He's the German guy from Das Boot. And he's he's the bad guy from Beer Fest. Let's yeah, get it together, also, everybody. Yeah, he's <laughs> the bad true, guy from true. everything except Das Boot and Dune. Do you remember at the trial <laughs> when he called Judge Dredd a thieving stable boy? <laughs> um, it's a oh. re- it's a real oversight not to just kill dread it's like i just took a drink you dick you you've got the chance to kill him you must kill him like you can't be like oh it's cool uh guy who's also evil in most things but not in this case like take the long walk like no you gotta kill him you gotta judge him right there you know he's gonna come get you but later in the movie, he makes a comment to the effect of like, oh, I could have used Dread. So apparently he thought he would have been useful on the streets still because he's such a good fascist. Like, I didn't quite get that. It's like, Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, Jurgen Prock now is evil, but more evil than the whole system of the judges? I feel like he's just on par. Yeah, but he has a German accent, so you know that's he's true. the bad guy. That's it. You're, that's yeah, fair. That's, it's called a tell. Dead giveaway. <laughs> This guy, this guy loves fascism. Posh British accent or German accent, immediate bad guys. That's fair. So Judge gets put on a airship to the Aspen Penal Colony where he is sat next to Rob Schneider. Oh, and by the way, we get one of the best moments in this pod and this movie where Rob Schneider does the Stallone voice. <laughs> to Stallone's face. Yes. Which was not in the script. Which is the best part. Like, wasn't in the script and like, yeah, no, leave that in for sure. Yeah. American yeah. sweetheart Rob Schneider making fun of Stallone on camera. He yeah. pops it too. Right? <laughs> he really, he gives it a go. Oh, he nails it. He really <laughs> knocks it out of the park. Thoroughbred. <laughs> but before they're able to reach anywhere near Aspen, the ship is shot out of the air by the the Angel family, a group of murder zealots, religious murder zealots that live in the cursed earth uh, where they drag Dread and uh, Rob Schneider, who I keep forgetting to call by his character's name because it doesn't really and matter. It's, it's Rob Schneider. Matter. It's Rob oh, Schneider. It's Rob Schneider. Hey, and, and you left off cannibals. These are oh, murder yeah, right. zealot yeah. cannibal family. <laughs> How did the guy in the row behind him have the shiny boot knife on the I, on con on future con air like and then nothing happens with that like there were like there was gonna be a thing i also had that question where i'm like this is an advanced society who checks everything twice and kills people without repercussion if they've breaking a simple law but they didn't check him for a boot knife yeah. a shiny one yeah it's a little ridiculous I mean, shiny i believe that's a dos boot knife <laughs> yeah perfect 
bringing it back bringing around. It all, bringing it all together, everyone. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> so Judge and or Judge Dredd and Fergie are able to escape the hang on cannibal murder religious zealot cult. Did I get that right? Did leave any off? Do, Family. do we need to add mutant for the one dude or not? Oh, well, I mean, one's a cyborg. That's mean machine angel. Yeah. Like, which, yeah I guess it's not mutant. He's a cyborg. Yeah, which the Thunderous Wizard mentioned. Uh, that's a really good character design. Like, it's the awesome. makeup is the top of his head is like robotic and it's got a little dial on it. It's really cool. Uh, and like straight out of the comics. That was exactly. like 100% out of the comics. And it does look really good, especially for being a movie in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, but they are saved by Judge Max von Sydow as he is walking the cursed earth. Uh, but not before Mean Machine stabs him. Uh, there's a fight. Obviously, Judge Dredd wins, but Max von Sydow, Judge, lays dying and tells Dredd that he is actually not really jo- Joe Dredd, Joseph Dredd, Joe Dredd. Joe Dredd doesn't know. Judge. Judge. Joe. Judge. Joey Dredd. Yeah, Joey, Joey finds out he's Homelander. Yeah. yeah, Joey finds out that he is actually a clone of the DNA slurry of all the best judges, and that Gross. his brother is also that, uh, but somehow went evil. Interesting. Evil. Yes. Yeah. If you get it's radio, so you can't see us do the little pinky to the face. Evil. It was very nice. Uh, while back in Mega City 1, you have Rico causing havoc because now Judge Jurgen Prochnow is the Chief Justice. He wants more powers, and he wants to be able to initiate the Janus Project, which is what created Judge Dredd and Rico. He's not just creating havoc. Armand DeSante is literally hijacking the movie to overact in ways that are as unimaginable and off-putting as humanly possible. He screams every line and he like stares people down like, if you fuck this up, I'm going to bash you over the head with a chair at catering. This is my moment. And by the way, he really never did anything of note again. (laughs) He was in Gotti. There's a lot of wide-eyed head twisting from him that is probably unnecessary, but he's driving the point home. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We talk about chewing the scenery. Like, I... He he inhales it like he's fucking Kirby. Yes. <laughs> yep. And why is he always wet? I don't Listen, know. big men don't need a reason to sweat. That's just how it is. <laughs> he, but he's not that big. Mega City Super. I'm hot. sorry. He's super Sylvester Stallone's twin brother. He's Sylvester he Stallone's big. twin. Like I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger's twin. That's how believable the Janus yep. Project is. <laughs> You have one yeah. guy who's really jacked and one guy who has to wear full sleeves for most of the movie. <laughs> and are, are we going with Janus or Janus as the Janus. Das Boot says it? Well, it was, the, it was the Janus project when they created Stallone and it was the Anus project when they created Rico. <laughs> it's got to be Uranus. Yeah, I'm sorry because I thought it would be Janus, but... but... Everyone in the movie pronounces it Janus. So I don't they, know if that's a British thing or if I'm just wrong or what. Well, they make it a hard A, which is distracting because they're like, Janus. And you're like, oh, fuck, I got to think about that. Let's say they were like, whatever we do, they can't confuse it with Janus. So let's say it like this. Like Janus from accounting? 
exactly like Janice from accounting. Friends is super hot right now. We can't have the the main project of the movie be Chandler Bing's ex girlfriend's name. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, now okay, who can do the Janice voice and I am the law? Ready, set, go. Nope. I uh, am. Like no, I can't. Ah, damn it! I thought we were there. Well, ultimately, it comes to a showdown at the Statue of Liberty. Because did we? Skip? I feel like we skipped a lot. Did we? Well, yeah, not really. In New York Harbor. Well, they they said they moved it. You know, they run through the fire thing, and Rob Schneider trips, and Stallone's able okay. to turn back and retrieve Hold him, on. and they still make yeah. it out, and the fire shoots the wrong fucking the way. The wrong way. Can we, yeah, can we talk <laughs> yeah. about the logistics of the fire tunnel? Because I'm it watching this, and I'm like, the wrong hold on. Way. I had to rewatch that scene three times. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Logistically, they're going into the tunnel. The fire was coming out of the tunnel in our previous shots. They're running into the tunnel. Rob Schneider falls down as he's running into the tunnel. Sly doubles back to get him, and now the fire is coming from behind Rob Schneider. It should be coming from behind yes. Sly. It, it's like, what the fuck's going on there? How do you fuck that up? That's so simple. So to to help with the listener, they Rob Schneider and Judge Dredd need to get back into Mega City One. The way they do this is through a series of exhaust shafts that shoot fire. Why do they shoot fire? Nobody knows. That's just how metal. Because movie. They're not attached to anything. No, yeah. no. They clearly state they're part of the furnace or incinerator system they're the, in the, the city. The city's incineration system because you have to burn trash. They run out of space. Wait, are they burning trash and... or are they burning people? <laughs> the whole thing's a wasteland. <laughs> uh, uh, I, yes. Books and yeah, people. Because is criminals what is are trash the... people, apparently. Yeah. No, here's the problem, though. Not only are we not disposing of our trash in the entire wasteland, which, by the way, somehow Aspen is right next to Mega City 1, but then the whole movie hinges on the fact that they flew Rico's dead body from Aspen back to New York to put it into the fire tunnel. That does seem like some poor resource management. That's it fair. It makes no sense. Boy, that that Here, is a real here's plot my hole. Answer. <laughs> yeah. And in in this reality, the Statue of Liberty is within walking distance of Aspen. Yeah. We have a thing on this pod, and it's NTKM. It's not that kind of movie. You can't. You, you think about it for a second. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think it's worth pointing out at this point that Mega City One, at least in the comics, and sort of the way it's portrayed in the movie, is basically all of the eastern seaboard of the U.S. Yeah. Basically, urban sprawl has just connected all of the cities along the eastern seaboard into this one giant, massive uh, Mega city hellscape one. of metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, we do get the showdown at the Statue of Liberty, which is directly above the Janus Laboratory. <laughs> because of reasons. Because of reasons, which Rico activates too soon, so the laboratory blows up, and Judge Dredd is able to defeat Rico by using signal flare in the Siri gun signal flares. Still getty. Well, he gets a huge hard on and tumbles over the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> weird ending. Yeah, I mean, well, again, and technically he doesn't use the signal flare to win the battle. It's more to fair. distract Rico, <clears throat> allowing him to yank him off of the, the top of the, well, uh, again, you know, again, Statue we of Liberty. 
We skipped a ton here. But, like, yeah, you skipped, skipped over the entire clone lab. There yeah. is a skipped, clone we, lab from the Clone Wars. We skipped Wars. the clone lab. We skipped, we skipped the girl fight that shouldn't have been a fight oh, because God. one of them's a scientist. Holy shit, knows. was that terrible oh, fight God. choreography. This whole movie's got bad fight Listen, I'm trying to spare the viewer the pain, but... No, you know, we have to go through this. Maybe it'll make him, you know, it'll save him from watching this movie. But, yeah, so here's a couple things that I had questions on. So when Stallone and Rico meet, well, sorry, Judge and Rico meet, um, two things I know. Are they both wearing contacts? Did I? Yes, I mean, they're both, both wearing yeah, okay. contacts throughout. Yes, and then, that was intentional. It dawned on me somewhere in Rico's craziness. Does he have a lisp? Or a slight lisp, or is it him trying to do the Stallone like lower? Yeah, he's lower deliberately. Lifting? Yeah, Armand Asante apparently is deliberately trying to ape Stallone's speech. That I don't. Makes I him a, that makes him a character actor though, because he's trying to be Stallone. It it does not because whatever he's trying <laughs> is not Sylvester Stallone. It might no, be. It might be like someone from a Lifetime movie he saw at like late at night one time, and he's like, "Oh, I like that. I like what that guy's doing. I'm just gonna accentuate everything to the max." T W. Right, we I... also skipped your favorite part. The you take okay. this DNA. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry we skipped over the part where we get two of my favorite deliveries of Armand Armando Sante in this, which is when Judge Dredd confronts Rico. He says, "You betrayed the law." And you get like, I don't even know how to do this justice, but Armando Sante says the law with about six A's and at least four O's. The law! It's, it's incredible. I believe then, that's the shadow law. Yeah, exactly. Rico walks through the raindrops. Uh, but also, as they're activating the Janus program, rather than like swab the inside of his mouth with a cotton ball and put it in the machine to get his DNA. The the he thing just jams his whole dick and balls in there. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, this is what he did to the murder bot. Rico's got a lot of problems with breaking the law. There are other ways to get DNA. I think he's been what stuck you'll in find, prison for a lot of years. <laughs> what you'll Which find law of robotics does that break? Is that the fourth law? <laughs> What you will find is in the DNA slurry of all the greatest judges, one of them was Estelle Getty. (laughs) It's just in there. It's in there waiting to show up. She was a crack shot. She was a dead eye. She could hit, you know, well, technically the guns in this movie only shoot 200 meters, which isn't great. But Estelle Getty, you can be sure, could shoot at least 600 meters, no matter the gun. While also... Estelle Getty can shoot 600 meters with a ping pong ball yep. and we, no hands. We oh. also we also skipped over how a gut shot Rob Schneider manages to take down the ABC robot. with like By jumping on its back. By the way, do you buy that Rob Schneider could climb the back of that robot? While being gut that... shot. Yeah, well... Gut shot. As much as I buy Diane Lane doing kung fu. All right. And that's a fair point. We don't slander <laughs> Diane Lane on this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah Ma Kent is not looking real head. spry in that scene it's watch not your a, mouth it's not her finest moment but i still believe she would have won that fight that's all i'm gonna say we we definitely get the requisite 90s girl fight which just is silly with uh, uh the uh the strumpet from uh twin peaks 
The sheriff's oh, uh, girlfriend. Yeah, she, she was in that, yeah, wasn't yeah. she? And I'd like to point out, the actress is on the record saying she played the role as though she was in love with Rico because she thought that character would admire his, you know, uh, absoluteness. That's and just... I have to admit, after reading that and then watching the movie, I was like, okay, yeah, actually, I do see that. She does have a weird, like, lady boner for so, Rico. So she's the only one who got it. Of all the people in this movie, she's the only one who got what was happening here. Apparently, and this, I hopefully this doesn't ruin any of our trivia questions and some of the uh, background I was reading, the only part of that fight that was not them was a headbutt. Yeah. The rest, of, the rest of it, they did that. But Diane Lane and what's her face actually did that whole fight choreography, oh, you, which would explain how bad it is. You, you can tell. <laughs> Stunt people were not significantly involved. They should have just gotten Stallone's stunt double from Stopper My Mom Will Shoot. Would have worked out <laughs> or, great. Or Travolta's stunt double from Face Off. Yeah. Oh, God. Or any of the stunt doubles in Face Off who but, apparently all wait a minute. the same. Yeah, so hold on. We get the clones that make a quick appearance here for a second. Yeah. Like, who else thought you were going to get a lot more out of them? than you did the clone was, do it was definitely nothing. a letdown yeah uh, they looked cool but they don't do anything i thought for sure ba- basically because i hadn't seen this movie since the year it came out it's like oh shit i don't remember that i was like oh that's why i don't remember no, that. that's why <laughs> this could the matter yeah, what they do is die they die immediately and it's pointless to even have them in the movie yeah, and I did some research on this right apparently there was supposed to be more with the clones I don't know if it ever actually got filmed and it got edited. I think and there cut were out. deleted scenes, but uh, it's nothing I've ever. I wasn't able. Well, to I couldn't find, find them. Yeah. yeah. Apparently they. I mean, apparently they had a shit. They put a shitload of money towards these clones and people actually dressing up of them. Like I think it was like a tune of like eighty six or a hundred people were in various stages of these clone bodies, and then they did nothing with it. They just oh, set the geez. capsules on fire. So yeah. So the rumor is there was an alternate version of the ending that may or may not have been filmed where. Stallone or Judge Dredd has to fight a bunch of these clones. There's a huge clone battle before the ultimate. Wait, is, wait, oh, is it a clone war? I was trying to avoid that, but <laughs> I mean, so, the clones are definitely going to attack. Right. You know that. Yes, for sure. So it would be an attack of the clones. But yeah, so there's supposed to be a big clone battle scene before the final uh, one-on-one climax at the top of the Statue of Liberty. And it almost feels like that was supposed to be there because they just kind of cut right from, hey, the clones are awake too, and now I'm and throwing Rico off the, the top of Statue of Liberty. Yay, yeah. movie over. Well, this movie yeah, and I mean, got rated X like a bunch of times. I don't know why, uh, but that was like an essential cut. Like, oh, we can't keep murdering uh, people. Potato clones? Yeah. But they're... They're clones. They're yeah. not people. They don't they're count. Like, they don't. They're, I mean, yeah, they're like white walkers, right? But I now mean, I feel like we missed a lot of co-ed naked locker room scene. Yeah. If you, keep, if you say that. Apparently, if they <laughs> if they all looked exactly like Armand Desante, they would have been fine because the audience really would have loved watching him die, like sixty to seventy times. That's how bad he is in this movie. But uh, making them faceless was too much. Hold on, hold on. I got I got one of my great McCheese ideas for a movie reshoot. We have a just a solid montage of Judge Dredd killing 
Aman Asante clones in various ways that just get somewhat funnier and then serious and then back to funnier. No, and then the the comedic shot there, McCheese, is one of the unfinished clones comes out like Rob Schneider and it does like the kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One you, comes out as an actual carrot, and you're like, oh, we get it now. It's a throwback. He just says, guilty, guilty. And then eventually, like, Armand Asante says something really ridiculous. One of his lines, he goes, I knew you'd say that. I knew you'd I say knew that. You'd say that. Drink. All right, let's 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 end the plot discussion. Basically, the way it ends, they offer Dr- Judge Dredd the chief justice of the Council of Judges, but he turns it down, preferring to stay a street judge. And hence, how unaware of what the material was this movie is, because he's like, no, no, I would like to continue killing as many innocents as humanly possible. Thank you very much. <laughs> my my point is more basic on that, where he goes from that and he is super fucking bloody and sweaty and he just throws the armor on and hops on the bike and starts enforcing the Yeah, and I think probably one of the clearest indications that sly had no idea what his character was about is that he has this you know victorious write-off to an alan silvestri march played as though he's the hero it's like uh nope you're just a cog in a fascist you know uh, oppressive justice system (laughs) like yeah you've learned nothing in this movie you merely defeated a slightly larger fascist. You say, but you're, you're back to fashion it up. Yeah, you're not the good guy. I mean, you you beat a guy who was worse than you, but you're not the good guy. I'm I'm just a regular Nazi, not a super Nazi. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about how many beers we need to enjoy this movie and do some wild speculation. Welcome back to the pod. We are talking Judge Dredd. We just wrapped up the plot discussion. Now, uh, most important question of the night, how many beers do you need to enjoy this movie? I'm going to turn it over to Bling Blake, our guest. Well, here's the thing, guys. Today, I was trying to do my part for the pandemic, and I donated blood. Uh, As a result, I only needed about two and a half beers to enjoy this movie. One, because I love it. And two, because I am lit. And that's, it's a very solid choice to lessen the amount of alcohol needed to survive this. That's a, that's a smart move. It's a short runtime. Yeah, under okay. normal circumstances, then, you would say four? I'm a big boy. You know, 230 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, I would say for sure four beers. Fair enough. Very nice. Chumzilla, how many beers to enjoy this film? Yeah, I'm going to give this three beers um, because oh, that's bad. I enjoyed it. It's stupid, but you know me. I always bitch about the visuals. Well, this movie looks great. It's interesting to look at. There's just enough action to keep you engaged. And between Rico and Dread, there's enough scenery chewing and bad dialogue to laugh. So three beers is all it takes me to get through Okay, it. fair, fair. Over to the Thunderous Wizard. This is a five-year movie. Really? That's aggressive. Uh, okay, let's hear why. It is just not a good action movie. The action's really flat and generic. It it tries to get by on like, oh, these guns are gigantic, so none of this has to look visually interesting, except it, it really does. And also, 
as I've noted, Armand DeSante is a fucking travesty throughout this entire movie. Listen, and... I, I really think Armand DeSante is one of the more interesting things in yeah, this movie. No. Not he in goes a good full way. Coppola in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is something. I, I couldn't believe that he was selling out that hard on every line. I just couldn't. It's like, listen, Rico goes to 11. Rico, Rico goes to 11 and stays at 11. I find it very interesting now after all the comments about RoboCop and Verhoeven and co-ed showers and locker rooms and whatnot. I just, it just now dawned on me that we got Rico in this movie and Rico in Starship Troopers. Eh? Eh? That's a good point. Uh, Johnny Rico would beat the shit out of this Rico fact. Also, I think I mean, they would strangely listen, get along. Yeah. When when you have fascists hanging out with fascists, the best thing that can happen is they kill themselves. They might actually have a menage a trois while Jake Busey plays a neon green violin. That's a good point. Wait, stop. I can only get so erect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mayor McCheese, how many how many beers to enjoy this film? I'm going to I mean, I'm going to toe the line. It, it's four. And I'm going to call it four enjoyment beers. I mean, I've watched this movie over various stages in my life. And I like when I first saw it, I thought it was cool. And then when I graduated college and I was living with my roommate, then like we watched it one or two times and drank some beers and it was still it was somewhat funny. It wasn't serious. It wasn't a serious movie and it wasn't a shitty movie. It wasn't so bad that I was like, I can't watch this again. It was dumb fun. And I think that's how you have to approach it. Cause if you try to take it like the comics, you're not going to get what you want. So you have to approach it as like the dumb cop comedy. So I'm going to give it four. Okay. So around <clears throat> the horn, we've got four, three, five, four. I'm actually going to say this is a three for me. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons. It's not that long. It is, like, uh, it's so outlandish, some of the acting. The visuals are still good that, you know, it's 96 minutes. I have a, I have three beers. Enjoyable. And it's, right, Stallone, but... it's Stallone being Stallone. Like, he really hams up those scenes where he gets to do, he gets to do his voice and say stupid shit. And if you're watching it as, like, a, a goofy movie, it's more enjoyable as like, I want this to be the comic book because it's not. Yeah, I think Stallone is perfect for the role of Judge Dredd. He's got the jaw. He can deliver those cheesy lines with just the right affect that I think fits the character because the character is supposed to be a bit of an exaggeration, a bit over the top. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, it's, oh, a, it's a British take on American fascism and, and law enforcement, you know, and, <clears throat> and I think Stallone fits that role physically and he can deliver the lines and, and, you know, in character and all that. The problem is that Stallone had no idea what the character was actually about and just thought this was another stupid action movie. And that's the way he approached the script because he had a lot of input on that. And, and again, we've talked about his clashes with the director and mm -hmm. basically having final say, cause this was a relatively young director. So he got, you know, railroaded by uh, Stallone, but that's the problem. This movie had the chance to get it right. But Stallone just fucking steamrolled it. Well, in that respect, neither of the Judge Dredd movies gets it right. Like, neither of them particularly get the character. Let, let's, right. Let's I think, hold I off think, on. Okay. Yeah, on, I'll say on this. One of them doesn't suck, but. Yeah, I, I guess I'll make a comment now. I won't get into details because I think the Captain Cash has got something more later. But I think the consensus among 
Judge Dredd fans uh, that I've picked up from the online conversations and comments is that both of these movies aren't perfect representations of the character, but they each do something good or well that the other maybe doesn't quite do as well. Where does this fall in the comic book timeline? You guys know this better than I do. I'm not that well-versed. 1995, mm. what comic book movies are before this and what comic book movies are right after this? Almost nothing of note came before this besides some Batman movies, some really terrible Marvel movies, and of course the Superman movies, which were great, but they were a decade we had, before this. So We had Batman Forever by this time. Which right. also didn't but, understand what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So, so, I, so this is basically I, I, post post Donner's Superman movies, post Tim Burton's good Batman movies, and then one bad sequel. Um, and then you've got some you know bad straight to video Marvel stuff. But this is what Blade comes out in '98. Yeah, three yeah. years out of Blade. So, so this is three years before Blade, which is the first Marvel movie that doesn't suck. So oh, the, yeah. the, the reasoning behind my question is, do you make this movie to draw in the comic book audience or are you just making well, this movie to draw in an audience? Here's the thing. At this point, Judge Dredd was still predominantly a British comic book character. He did briefly cross over into the DC universe. So people knew of him, but you couldn't go to your corner drugstore or comic shop typically and get a judge dread comic you'd have yeah, to 2000 go, ad comic yeah. yeah 2000 ad and he has his own books as well at various points but uh to misinterpret your question and talk about the judge dread timeline this movie i think combines three two or three different comic storylines you've three, got the thing yeah. with rico that's from the comics he has a twin brother uh the block wars is at least in part of a storyline and there might be one other storyline it's, it's in, when he walks the cursed earth yeah the cursed earth yeah 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 and, and the angel gang so there's like three different comic uh arcs that are like smashed into this movie and that's one thing some of the fans complained about it's like hey you, you did three things okay but not any one of them particularly well well and that's so, the question is this, is this made for the fans or is this just made for a general audience? no it was made what? for stallone action fans which is why it's such a yes. confused mess like oh of course i'll be this big macho action star and this will be great and everybody will want to see it and that's not what the material is so yeah exactly the the, the studio i don't think was out to try to make a judge dread movie they were out to create a Sylvester Stallone, Rob Schneider vehicle to hopefully do some big box office damage. And they didn't do that well either. Well, so here's my thing. You don't ever just adapt a work without thinking, well, hey, there's already a built-in audience for it. And so I think there's probably a bit of both here. Like, oh, Judge Dredd, that's a thing people have heard of. So already we know the people who like Judge Dredd will come see this, but it's esoteric enough. Let's let's pad it for the standard American audience. So I, mean, I am convinced that Sly was like, hey, this is going to be my T2. He can't possibly be that stupid. No, no. he's like Sly's a smart guy. He's, he's not like, that I'm going to be I'm going to be the hard ass good guy in this movie but the problem is he doesn't understand that judge dread is not the good terminator from t2 he's just the terminator from t1 that's it or from he's the terminator from terminator one like that's what he does he's not the good guy 
You're not the hero, Sly. You're not the hero of this movie. You're the star, but you're not the and, hero. And even though he's he not a hero. rewrote the script, he never becomes the hero. He's still an asshole by the end of the movie. He's just less of an asshole than his horrible overacting brother. Bullshit. He kisses the girl and you get an Alan oh, Silvestri God. heroic march and he rides off. He's, he's clearly the hero. He's not the hero. Not a hero. Yeah, so I, we're. Sly I think we've thinks all, he's the hero. Yeah, I think we've all danced around our our other major question, which is, did it deserve to flop? I I think it's a resounding yes from everyone for everything we've just said for the last five minutes. Yep. I, I mean, I, I didn't love want it. it to flop. Yeah, I didn't want it to flop. I thought this could have been a really interesting movie, um, because the character is interesting, but this movie handles it so poorly that. It ends up being just generic action movie. So yes, I want to go back to I want to go back to Blake. Yeah, I want to go to Blake. Go go on. You love it. Does does that mean it doesn't deserve to flop? S- sell oh, it to me. Unequivocally, no. My my loving something does not preclude its floppiness. Okay. Uh, and that goes for several things. Whatever. You no, know, there's a pill you can get that I hear. It's for sure there. Uh, yeah, it's more affordable now, you know, for him. Uh, do they sponsor? They should. I listen. I've been approached by them. <laughs> Sponsored by Estelle Getty, for hims. Yeah, yeah, and her back that's, alley that's, that's ecstasy. All the, that's all the blue I need in my life is Estelle Getty's hair, <laughs> and then strong like bull. Um, <laughs> look, guys, I played uh, like. Most of you rugby for a lot of years. I've had uh, extensive head injuries, um, and I partake in several different vices on a regular basis to keep my mind nimble. And this movie stimulates that brain, and I enjoyed it, and I will watch it again. Don't think I won't. Question. Fair enough. Question. How many times per year do you watch this movie? So far, one. Point two five. It's about once every four years. Oh, okay, so it's not a big, you know, like I gotta like it's one of those movies I gotta watch every year. That and that's fine. Um, I no, would say come across. It's like it's a, like Shawshank. Like you come across it on TNT, and then you're like, ooh, this oh, is dreads. the beginning. That's oh, that's dreads on. All right, that's not we the comparison over. point I would drop. <laughs> oh yeah, this is clearly Stallone Shawshank. Actually, <laughs> does he does he or does he not escape from prison? Andy Dufresne. Crawl through a river. Well, he nah. doesn't technically escape from prison. He gets captured by cannibals. But yeah, but he does being... crawl through a tunnel full of Rob Schneider. Stallone does have a prison escape movie. It's called Lock Up. Also, Tango and Cash, they escape from prison. There. We got it. You love Tango and Butt Cash. Butt scene, um, just for the win. Yes. How, how did we not do Tango and Cash during the... Tango and Captain Cash series. That was a wild oversight on our that, part. I, I smell a bonus pod. It made money. It oh. made pseudo money. But if you want to talk about it, I'm available. That being said, I'm in. That being said, I am in. <laughs> My DMs are Cash. open if you'd like to talk about Tango, Tango and Cash. <laughs> um, I, I, as far as does it deserve to flop? I don't, I don't know. The tough question is, is what McCheese got to watch it? I mean, when it first came out, no, I liked it. When I was just out of college and still partying and watching movies, no, still like it. Now, eh, don't like it as much. So, I don't think it deserved to flop. I don't think they, I don't think they followed the source material perfectly. I think they made a movie off of an idea, and uh, it's semi enjoyable but not great. So, I'll give it a pass. 
Pass. All right. It's uh, it's entertaining enough. It deserved a flop, though, because this could have been a genre-breaking, redefining role for Stallone where they really tackled the source material hard. And But a, you just get RoboCop, then. And what That's I'm, what I'm a, saying. Yeah, but, but who the cares? Problem is he, RoboCop was not... made in like the, the, the mid-'80s. Like, of course Eight. you can, you know... Bring it back because RoboCop turned into a fucking parody of itself and it sucked where they made RoboCop the the hero and it was stupid. But here's the thing. Stallone's not the dude to do that. Stallone's not going to push his boundaries and do a movie that he perceives as counterculture because of original source material. Well, Copland, that's a great example of Stallone, who's a small time cop rebelling against the dirty cops within the town. And that's like, it's an against type role. This movie could have been that, but instead, it's just a generic action movie where when he's the Cop hero. When did come out? Uh, but 98? He push- so, so, right. so the he, point is, Stallone just wasn't there yet. He actively pushed this movie as a buddy comedy and not as what Judge Dredd was. I mean, exactly. it's, it's fair. I just think he, he missed out. And he's a smart guy, and I think he missed the root of the material, and that's why it deserves to flop. And that takes us to where I want to go next, which is, I think this movie's salvageable, and I've got a couple ideas. So let's talk this out. So famously, Judge Dredd never reveals his face. In the comics, he takes off his helmet, but it, it's always obscured, and you never actually see what he looks like. It's censored. Yes. Yeah, someone, someone correct me. He's supposed to be mutilated or something, right? That's the deal. Yeah. He's the Mandalorian for, you know, the before the Mandalorian. Yeah. This yeah. is the way. So. I am the way. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad we brought Bling Blake on because he does the best alone so far. It's, That's true. It's Can we get another I am the law real quick? I think so. Yeah, I am the law. There Thank it is. You. Thank you. <laughs> I'm also the actually the only lawyer here. I I, I am the law. Well, that's I fair. I practice the law. <laughs> I, I I used to practice the law. I plead the fifth. That's the the rumor behind this. Why this you was drink the uh, fifth? That's not the same thing, you jerk. Why this was so heavily tampered with is because Stallone walked into the first table read and said, "I don't write the script. I am the script." My question is: Does this movie improve? If Judge Dredd's face is always obscured. That's not going to save this one, no. I think it's an interesting aspect of the character, but it really doesn't add anything to the movie. So That's a lot fair. of the, the big fans, though, are, you know, really uh, taken aback by the fact that this movie showed his face. But let's face it, you're not going to get somebody like Stallone to do this movie if he has to wear a helmet the entire time. Because Very he's true. a coward and he's not as brave as Carl Urban. But does but does the twist work a whole hell of a lot better? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Shit, yeah, yeah, it but, does. But but my comment is, you never get past the point where he gets arrested when he has to get sent off on the cargo ship. They're not going to send him in prisoner garb in his helmet. No, but you'd shoot it in a way that obscures his face somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, got- the, the apparatus or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Then, I, 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 I agree with... a dead body from Aspen to the East Coast, guys. Yeah. The whole thing hinges on this. <laughs> that, hey, I don't know how you do it. Don't think about it too much, all right? Don't put yeah. too much effort into figuring out that part, how he snuck in as a dead body, but Stallone and friggin' Rob Schneider had to sneak in through the backwards time warp fire tube. 
I still think the biggest gut punch this movie gives you from a plot hole standpoint is how a gut shot Rob Schneider still manages to climb on top of a 15 foot tall robot and cross its wires. Although apparently those things are pretty easy to hack. Uh, Listen, but, uh, America's sweetheart, Rob Schneider. Rob, Rob Schneider couldn't even do the scene where he's running down the stairs without face planning hard as hard as can be, which is a blooper that I'll post to the social. Oh, yeah. Because no, he really, he really biffs it. Himself. <laughs> no, he, he really hurt himself. That was like the first day of filming. And too. Stallone gives him like the, oh, you fucking rookie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Couldn't do the stairs. Day one. Come on. <laughs> but All right. I think you're onto something there, though, Thunderous Wizard. If you do save the, the, the de-helming for a reveal as part of the twist with Rico... I, yeah, I think that could actually have been a huge improvement. That would have built some like tension and surprise. Which only to find to... out that those guys don't look alike at all. Yeah, yeah. still. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's the, here's the move. They're fraternal twins. They're fraternal twins. And I, I feel like I feel like Mary McCheese wants it because this is the next question. What is it? Well, no, this isn't the next question. This is what we talked about before oh, the yeah. pod started. Is we get the reveal and it's instead of having another actor play his twin. It's two Stallones. Double Stallone. I, listen, I don't know that the technology was there. Like it, it had to be close in 95, but that yes, makes this there. a better movie. They did it in the it's Parent there. Trap. They can, they can make it happen. Yeah. The Parent Clear Trap, like, the 60s Parent <laughs> Trap. You just, you just shoot the scenes twice. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. And the movie's infinitely better. But what I propose is that this was the moment in time we all needed for Arnold and Sly to bury the hatchet and to have been twins. Yeah, they look exactly This like was the face-off we needed. All right, we instead, didn't... we got Planet Hollywood. Yeah, it's, yeah instead we got fucking God. Bruce Willis selling cheap hamburgers and then shoehorning in on, on their good names. I'm not having it. I've been to a Planet Hollywood in the last two years, and it's still terrible. I didn't know they still existed. Yeah. I what, kind of yeah. assumed they yeah. didn't. Did yeah, you nope, Did you nope. go to the one in Mega City One? Or... Well, I mean, <laughs> could you not get a, a, a table at Dick's Last Resort? Yeah. My favorite if, thing. If, if hang, if hang Disney on. is Mega City One, then yeah, I went. My favorite thing about the Planet Hollywood is there was always the the Demolition Man sliced alone naked body in the glass tube on the ceiling. That that is some quality family decor. I don't recall then, seeing that. Are you sure that wasn't part of your private collection? <laughs> I, I, it can be both. It can be both. And I'm pretty sure the Planet Hollywood and Mega City One is just nothing but Rob Schneider memorabilia. So <laughs> yeah, there's that. It's him as oh, the hot yeah. chick. It's him as the animal. It's yeah, the carrot. <laughs> it's him as the Everybody guy in, uh, the, in all the characters from the hall. Adam Sandler movies. There's a hall. Our pets' of, heads are of falling screens. off. Where it's just the various versions of his character shouting, you can do it! Yeah. All right. So we've talked about how this movie is a dumb action comedy. Does Is it a better movie if it fully commits to dumb action comedy? Like, is this a better movie if it's basically Demolition Man 2? Uh, it essentially is no, Demolition Man no. 2, so no. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Thank you, Thunderous Wizard. 
I agree with I that. Say, 100%. I was about to say, if you if you rip the Judge Dredd title off this, that's what and, I mean. Yeah. And make it and make it a dumb, like cop plus stupid criminal comedy. I mean, in the just future. Did, yeah, in the future, and we just did stop or my mom can my mom will shoot. We, it doesn't need to be that far in the future. Like if they would sever the Judge Dredd ties and make this movie, I still think it's equally as successful and it doesn't fuck up the Judge Dredd possibilities for that sort of comic books, like movie series. Cause it's not just one, it could be multiple. So then reverse question, better movie. If it ditches the comedy and goes full Verhoeven satire, much better. Undoubtedly, this is better if it embraces the source material. But it's 1995. Uh, I hear that. But eight years prior, we got RoboCop. Yeah, but we don't get a lot of we don't get a lot of comic book movies. So you're selling a comic book movie to a non-comic book uh, audience. I don't think anybody that watched that movie in 1995 knew it was a comic book movie. That's yes. fair, like Road yeah. Tradition. The, the, yeah, the people that went to the movie theaters to see Stallone and Judge Dredd, like, again, maybe had an inkling that it was from a comic or had source material, but they sure as hell hadn't read it. But so if you sell it as a full Judge Dredd comic book movie, do you think that is enough pull? It, it almost comes off in an artsy film, which in 1995, I don't think it's going to fly. Well, not for 90 million. No, they could have made this for 30 million, stripped it of the Judge Dredd, you know, all that aesthetic, and just made it about Stallone as a corrupt cop. And then it's an art house film, and it's probably a hit. Well, I'll just add that two years later, we get Verhoeven's Starship Troopers, Mm -hmm. which is a very subversive, satirical, you know, dark movie that was marketed as an action movie and totally misunderstood by the contemporary audiences, myself included. So I think even if they had gone the correct route with the material and gone full Verhoeven with it, it still wouldn't have clicked. I think people still wouldn't have gotten it, but would it have made for a better movie? Yes. Uh, I think the big thing is by this point, Stallone had become a period of himself. He was expected to do dumb action movies. He had uh, moved really, really far away from the Rocky-type films. And this is what he was. He was a muscle-bound action star. So you couldn't have him be a bad guy. You were just selling out, here's the hero, here he is. But at the same time, like if you, if you track the timelines, this was about the end of Arnold and it was certainly the end of Sly and this first arc of, of who they were as, as actors because they were old. And it. I, listen, I'm convinced, though, if you were going to get someone to do the dark satire, you think this guy's the hero. Oh, wait, he's actually a fucking fascist. Between Arnold and Sly, you'd get Sly to do that. That's what Rocky yeah. was. That's what Rambo was. I would agree with that. Uh, Plus, he has dark hair. You, uh, also, that helps. Yeah. I think you'd get Arnold. Wait, Arnold. I, I think you need to rewatch Rambo yeah. First Blood again. Yeah, oh, no, no, he's I'm, not I'm, the bad I, guy. No, I'm sorry. Rambo's not necessarily the bad guy, but the the concept of Rambo as an action hero didn't happen until Rambo 2. Rambo right. 1 is a tragedy. 
Yeah, well, Rambo, fantastic movie. Rambo three, he saves movie. the Taliban. Great. So, yes, That's also yeah. Rambo three, Rambo three is dedicated to the Taliban freedom fighters. See, yeah. see kids, back see when the Soviet Union was a thing, the Taliban were our friends. But that's oh. a story for another day. So I'd like um, to know a different podcast. Would you, would you like to know more? I would like to know more. I'm doing my part. No, we need to move on. All right. So uh, let's get some crazier ideas out there. I've got three for you. Number one, Judge Dredd immediately executes Fergie. Uh, yes, but only if Vin Diesel appears as Bloodshot and does it. <laughs> Number two, Wesley Snipes plays Rico. Number three. I think I already I already went over this where I think there should be two dreads and we'll just two Stallone dreads and we'll no, no, no. film film simultaneously. I, yeah, I want Wesley Snipes' Rico. Okay. Fuck yeah, Get more Phoenix believable twin. Right. Yes, and or or three. Everyone as that is at Armand Asante's level the entire film. Okay, uh, I'll start. So we're off. getting the room. It's, We're getting the room. Yeah, it's Wait, clearly no. not three because uh, the Odyssey where his Odysseus was already referenced. We don't need Morisante. We don't. It's clearly number two. Yeah, we get we get number three in a scene with uh, Jurgen and Armand in the same room early in the movie, and they're both just having an an overacting competition against each other. And uh, 90 minutes of that, and I'm going to need nine beers to get my my blood pressure back down. That's way too intense. It's clearly number two. Yeah, so, hey, BB, do you remember that exchange? Can you give us some of the dialogue in your best Asante voice? I really want to because he's got that great – where he he slams the bus down, but I don't – what does he say? It's so good. Right before he's like, I am am chaos. I am chaos. And then he does it, and I don't – I, yeah. I wish I knew what he, he says. Says but he is so like good. three different things. It, it's right. great. You I want love chaos. that scene. I am chaos. He's gonna be so gravelly and angry. Ah, oh, it's a wonderful scene, and he's yeah. soaking wet, just soaking wet, and so am I. Just again, because <laughs> what you don't know is like off your five minutes before that scene, he was off screen with Estelle Getty. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And Here we, and we know how that goes. Yeah. We're gonna take several pods to get past Estelle Getty. When you when you when you walk into Estelle Getty's bedroom. There's a big sign that says "Now entering the splash zone." Oh God, Jesus Christ! No, no, no. The sign actually says "Abandon all hope, all ye who enter here." <laughs> and, and as the story goes, Armand Desante went rogue three times on set. They couldn't find him, and they went down to Del Boca Vista, and there he was, glow sticks. Oh, come just... on! Just selling fucking E and going crazy with the old just folks. He's down there. Time. Pupils are dilated. He's licking his gums and yeah. Roger Stone's. In <laughs> the, the worst corner. part is yeah. they sent Stone Stallone to go get him, and he was like, "Come on, ma, come ma. on." Ma. All right, we got to be done with this. All right, you all right, want right. you want this DNA? Take this DNA. Skeet 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 skeet. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna do the I knew you'd say that trivia challenge. Mega City One, 2083. There I am, a handsome young woman. Sly Stallone on my right. Armanda Sante, his twin brother on my left. Welcome back 
to the Judge Dread Pod. You have made it to the, I knew you'd say that, trivia challenge. The challenge, gentlemen. Four trivia questions with multiple choice. Winner of this trivia challenge gets the hastily made Judge Dread helmet that I made literally this afternoon. In the exact condition it is falling the fuck apart, it is a piece of crap that I literally slapped together in 15 minutes. But yours. Yours. Here it is. All right. That is going to be our chime in. Or if you'd like to do, I knew you'd say that. We also will accept that. Uh, I say double whammy. I I will take, except this DNA sample. (laughs) Damn it. I, I mean, if I'm being real. We'll, we'll take any of the, the shitty one-liners from this. But nice. four, four questions. Number one, director Danny Cannon was a longtime Judge Dredd fan growing up as a Brit. Uh, in fact, he had a fan poster he made for a Judge Dredd movie that was published in a copy of a 1987 2000 AD magazine. Who in his poster did he cast as Dread? I am the law. Uh, let me do him. You well, you just want to go for it? Harrison All right. Ford. Chumzilla. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, that is correct. Directed by Ridley Scott. That is also, also with Christopher Walken. <clears throat> it's down I, at the bottom of it. That sounds like a better movie. I would I'll watch just, that movie. Just yeah. <laughs> we make that tomorrow. Uh, somebody, 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 somebody Google in real life at this point, I think. No, all right. Uh, I, hey, hey, fans! I just want to point out right now. Although I'm usually pretty drunk by the end of the pod, so my trivia performances vary. Uh, I do research these movies pretty well, so occasionally, I'm on it. All right. So you're cheating. So you're cheating at the trivia. Cheating. He's there doing is nothing research. up my sleeve. I can't. I can't really blame him. All right. Number two. You will be judged for your cheating, which is death. On the I am the law. Not anymore, cheater. Drink. You broke the law. Law. All right, we got to stop this. Number two. <laughs> you broke the law. Yeah, you broke the law. The actor who focused, the actor who played Mean Machine Angel, Christopher Adamson, is semi-famous for playing monster. He's like a less famous Doug Jones. What? other franchise did he famously play a monster in was it a constantine b pirates of the caribbean c swamp thing or d alien i am the law i'm gonna give that to mayor mccheese total shot in the dark b b pirates of the caribbean that is correct i was gonna i am the law on that well, I, right. I, mean, I mainly picked that because it's your pod. And that's fair. You're a yeah, very big fair. fan I, of I pirates. Like pirates. You know what? Jeez, I mean, that's an excellent observation. I did not catch that. That, should that is that is metagaming. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, no, no, your judge. Yes. Uh, extra bonus point. Can you name the particular monster he played? No, not any of you. Goddamn lobster Johnson. Close. I wish it was a lobster. It, he played Jimmy Legs. Jimmy Jimmy Legs. Kind of looked like a weird jelly blowfish thing. I don't not know. Gonna I, not going to lie to you. Don't even remember the movie He was part all. of Davy Jones's crew, I imagine. He was part of Jamie. Had yeah. to have been, yeah. All right. Number three. What does the ABC in ABC Robot, the, the, the giant murder kill bot, stand for? I am the law. Yeah, figured all right. Com- figured that Chum- was coming. 
Chumzilla did his research. What is it? Atomic biological chemical. Oh, no. Oh, interesting. No. All right. So Chumzilla has eliminated himself. Good. Good. Very Your good. choices are arterial blood cannibalizer, atomic bacteriological, oh! and chemical, advanced biologics control, or that's actually never been revealed. I am the law. All right, over to Bling Blake. It's got to be B for the steel. It is, yeah. it is absolutely B for the steel. <laughs> it was not biological, bacterial. I outsmarted myself. Uh, bacteria <laughs> is biologic. You That's really true. did it to yourself. Yeah, alcohol uh, intoxication is also biological. Alcohol is a hell of a drug. I like <laughs> alcohol because it does the thing in my brain spot. All right, last question. We are between... Mayor McCheese, Bling Blake, and the Chumpzilla for the win, or the spoiler, the Thunderous Wizard could make this all a tie. Last one. Which of these famed actors was considered for the role of Rico? Was it Michael Bean, Dolph Lundgren, Frank Stallone, or Christopher Walken? I am law. I am law. I am law. I am law. Oh, Mayor McCheese. Christopher Walken. It was Christopher Walken. Again. Wow. Double That's incredible. Stallone. Such a better <laughs> choice. It is it? No, that is not a better choice because there's no way he's even less believable as a twin brother for Stallone. Sorry. But but think about how much better the speeches would be if they were delivered in Christopher Walken. He I don't think this is a Christopher Walken movie, though. Okay, no, who can do, who can no, do a Walken? Bling Blake, tell me you can do a Walken. Whoa! You are fear! I am fear! You are chaos! I am the chaos! You are a new beginning! I am the new beginning! Uh, listen, I'm actually sold on Walken. See? That might be the best thing that happened on this pod. There's nothing I could say that could sell it more than that. Hey. Yeah, that's perfect. It's uh, A number one. Uh, hashtag walking for Rico, I guess. Yeah, I think I ruined the outro, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. No, no, I think I think I think we should do that again. Yeah, yeah that's that yeah. good. That all right. Fantastic. Well, that concludes the. Uh, I knew you'd say that. Trivia challenge. Congratulations to Mayor McCheese. You can expect your shitty, hastily made Judge Dredd helmet in the mail. Whenever I get around to it. All right. That is going to wrap up the pod and take us to recommendations. So I have one rule on the recommendations here. No one's allowed to recommend Judge Dread 2012. Also known as Dread 3D or just Dread. We all agree Dread, that, the, Dread that Dread is the superior movie. It's got the best Kiwi ever. The diabolical Carl Urban as Dread, he never takes off his helmet. It's got Lena Headey as the principal villainess. It really, listener, go watch that movie. It's really good. I'm hoping we get a sequel. Uh, as far as I know, it's not actually streaming anywhere for free at the moment, which kind of sucks. It's on Comcast. You can always buy it for super cheap. I bought yeah. it as part of a two-movie $9 package on Vudu not that long ago. 
So just real quickly here, Captain Cash, (laughs) I watched that movie in advance of the pod just to be prepared to, you know, for comparisons purposes. And it is interesting. Um, But again, I can see there are parts of this movie, the 95 Dread, that are more Judge Dready than that movie. Namely, the fact that that whole movie basically happens in like one building and they spend the entire movie just fighting one meth head family. Yeah, I think they could have they could have expanded the universe a bit. <clears throat> now, granted, that's definitely grounds for a sequel. And the tone is much more accurate to the comics, but they kept it much more real and gritty and they totally ignored a lot of the more fantastical elements. So it's a weird balance between the two movies. But yes, I agree. The most recent Dread is a much better film in of itself. And it's interesting though, because isn't one of the biggest complaints of the the true the true Dreadheads uh, that that we spent too many we, we did too many different story arcs throughout uh, the Stallone Judge Dread, whereas Dread really focuses on just the block wars, right? Yeah, and I mean not not just the block wars, but it's it's a single. It's in a single building. It's the raid as, as a Judge Dredd film. It it really yeah. It, it's it's much smaller, but it doesn't need to be big, and it doesn't really get into the whole. The, there's not a lot of the social satire involved that you that is winked at in this film and is a big part of the comics. Yeah, it just doesn't have as much room to breathe, but it does get the hyper violence right, and does get the tone right, and Carl Urban is just as good as a physical presence as dread as Stallone was, but it, it totally rips off the raid. So you're going to watch mm-hmm. one movie. You'd watch the raid because it's a better action movie than dread, which is also awesome. So you should watch them both. But yeah. if you watch them back to back, you'd be like, Oh, I see what they did there. They just, well, this comic book I, I character think, I think that the movie. weird thing about this is if you could just take the two judge dread movies and like smash them together, I think you end up with, a pretty good Judge Dredd movie. Yeah. Just take all the high points from each of the movies and 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 drop out the low points. Boom! Now you've got. Are, a good, are we a good sure Judge we're Dredd not movie. like ruining the new Dread by incorporating the old Dread? No, no, no. Because I, I still think the visuals and the universe they build in the Stallone Dread is pretty cool. They just don't do enough with it. And they're not as they're not as political, <clears throat> politically as conscious as they should be because the source material is very political, and that's the thing people need to understand. This character appeared in 2000 AD, and that was a very subversive political British comic. That is the essence of this character. He is a caricature of Western culture and American fascism in the form of law enforcement. Like that is the essence of the character. But in the so, end, neither of them get that. Uh, I, the, they flirt with it and and the Stallone dread, but they don't understand it. And I think they do gloss over it in the in, in the, in the new dread. He's still the hero. He's facing overwhelming odds alone to defeat for the drug most dealers. Part, to defeat yeah. really heinous people. But see, that's the problem. Fascism looks really good. In, under a microscope but when you look at with context all of a sudden you're like oh wait a minute maybe this isn't a good idea wait and that's a the minute. problem that's the problem the the 2012 dread is hyper focused so you don't get the broader context it's die hard like of course you're rooting for him he's up against it and of course you know he's gonna prevail but 
Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. We should probably move on. Okay. All right. Captain Cash, what do you say? That's fair. Uh, Bling Blake, let's let's take your recommendation this week. You are the guest on the pod. What is keeping you afloat in these times of pandemic? So I realize that I'm very late to this party, but uh, I I love the 90s. I love the 80s. I love everything that has any bit of nostalgia, and that is why I'm definitely a fan not of this podcast. culturally relevant. Definitely not no. culturally relevant. I don't even know. Um, and so again, I, I realize I'm probably pretty late to the party on this one. And if you guys have talked about it already or recommended it already, I'm sorry, but uh, my new jam right now is Cobra Kai. Uh, We've if not. you want to talk about on Netflix, Cobra Kai, the series. If you want to talk about uh, wonderful. Uh, nostalgia from the Karate Kid universe. Uh, it is fantastic. It does not take itself too seriously. It's a series that knows exactly what it is, and it plays upon it every single episode. Uh, can't recommend it enough. It's been uh, an awesome one for us. We, we really enjoy it. So Cobra Kai on Netflix. Nice. We'll have to check that out. I totally second that. I love that they work in the uh, flashbacks to the film. It's a it's a lot of fun and it's very quick. It's thirty minutes an episode. Hmm. You'll you'll blaze right through it. I promise right, you'll we'll, enjoy it. Yeah. Well, let's get your recommendation, Thunder Wizard, since we're here. Okay, so I don't know if this is going to ruin anybody else's, but mine is Demolition Man, which is the infinitely better version of this movie. It also is way less self-aware that Stallone is a horrible piece of shit in that movie. <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. But they, they, in the future, they're supposed to be more, uh, uh, you know, advanced. They're supposed to understand things better. They're civilized. But then they worship him as if he's some sort of god <laughs> for murdering people on like a whim. And it's awesome. And we get the COVID high five that yeah. we all love. Yeah. Yes. Be well, John Spartan. Everything well. about it is fantastic. Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I have to say this now because we'll never do Demolition Man on the pod proper. It made too much money. There were little restaurants with Stallone's naked body on the ceiling in a tube for all of the 90s and into the 2000s. And also currently in your basement. But and anyway, also in my sex dungeon, but that's yeah. a different story. That's neither here nor there. But I think the funniest thing about that movie demolition man is that it has made a lasting impact on pop culture. That movie is responsible for the current Taco Bell logo because Taco Bell won the franchise wars and they had to have a Taco Bell in the movie. So they actually built a futuristic Taco Bell for the movie to shoot the scenes in and the logo they created for the future Taco Bell, the Taco Bell execs were like, damn, that is fucking hot. We're going to keep that. We're, we'll tweak it, but we're going to use that. So the Taco Bell logo we have today that we all know and love came from Demolition Man. Well, rop, rop, rop. true story, Comic-Con, I think two years, two ago, years ago, they yeah, did the Demolition Man Taco Bell. Uh, so like that movie's still in the zeitgeist. It's fantastic. Uh, Wesley Snipes crushes it in that movie, too. That when else are you going to get Dennis Leary in an action movie also? Yep. And literally the same plot to this movie. So, corrupt yep. politician, 
Uh, poor people. Unearths a criminal to continue oppressing poor people. Yeah, with violence. It's the same plot. Directed in violence. It's just better. All right, Chumzo, let's get your recommendation. All right, folks. I think this week all the major next-gen consoles dropped. I know I got my Xbox Series S. I really, want to play that new, I really want to play that new Miles Morales Spider-Man game. Yeah, and I the don't PS5 has dropped. Oof, looks like good. So I saw this on the internet, maybe on Twitter or something, but I thought it was a really interesting uh, idea, and I think it's it's a great idea. Take your old Xbox you know, One or your old PS4, and instead of taking it to GameStop, go down to your local hospital and donate it. Um, apparently, that's a thing now because, you know, obviously there's a lot of kids, cancer wards, COVID, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, donate your old console to a hospital to help uh, kids pass the time while they're trying to get through whatever they're trying to get through. So that's my recommendation this week, guys. Take your time. Take the time out of your day and uh, try to donate that old console to you know a local hospital. For you know, being, the benefit as, of the children's because remember, folks, Wu Tang is for the children. And and to jump in on this, uh, being as I work with a bunch of hospitals, anything, any entertainment device you can give, like even old iPod touches or iPads or whatever you think is dead, you can give it to the hospital, and they literally, at least here, they have a team who will reformat it and make it into an entertainment device to give it to sick kids. And it means a ton. So you mean I don't have to wipe all my hentai off first? I can just hand it straight You need to wipe all of your hentai off first. Okay, that has to come off first. Factory factory reset. Writing that down. Writing that down right now. Thank you. That's a good heads up. Just also go ahead and, and just wipe it down. Like with a a, a wet one or an antibacterial wipe of some kind. Yeah, just wipe it. Dunk Please. it in the antiseptic. Look, <laughs> it's it's art. It's hey, it's art. All right, Mayor McCheese, what's your recommendation? So this is um, this is a general recommendation and a link back to a podcast we never did. So I am recommending Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Oh fuck yes, yes I'm here for and, this. Go and and I am linking it back to when we did not do Event Horizon because there's an episode of Love, Death, and Robots called uh, Beyond the Akilla Rift. Yeah. That it's kind of like Event Horizon, but almost better because it's only half an hour and actually like how it plays out makes more sense than Event Horizon. So that is my recommendation this week. I Listen, that's not my recommendation this week, but Love, Death and Robots is some quality Western animation in the style of heavy metal, but cyberpunk. Okay, well, I guess heavy metal is kind of cyberpunk. Can I volunteer to not be on the podcast with Event Horizon? That movie still terrifies me. I keep my DVD copy in the freezer. Oh, wait, no, no, I, stop, stop. Uh, Blake Bling, Bling Blake. Uh, Captain Cash pussed out on it. I Listen, yeah, it didn't I, didn't, I didn't puss out on it because I, I was scared of it. I pussed out on it because I was so bored the entire time I watched that it. That movie is not boring. So, 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 so here's the real question <laughs> I have for you. Here's the real question I have for you, Bling Blake. What movie fucked you up more? Event Horizon or Fire in the Sky? Or The Mist. I The answer is The Mist because... Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, not, they're not in the same time frame, though. Like, Event, yeah, Horizon and Fire, Event Horizon and Fire in the Sky came out in the same time frame, and Fire in the Sky 
fucked me up for a while as a kid because I was like, well, can't sleep anymore. Yeah, well, okay. First off, the That's eyeball thing, the eyeball thing and fire in the sky is fucking terrifying. Yeah. So if you have an eyeball thing, that movie will wreck you. Oh, I've got an eyeball thing. Let's let, let, hey, let's let Bling Blake answer. Go. No, I, I think you're right. I think the answer is, is fire in the sky definitely messed me up more. Uh, but I don't encounter fire in the sky on cable at 2 a.m. nearly as much as I encounter Event Horizon. And I always want to start watching it. And I'll turn it on and it'll be like a chill scene. And then I'm like, Nah, man, I can't do this. I'd rather watch Ghost Adventures with oh, Zach Baggins. I like that guy. That was going to be my other recommendation. I love him. Does does Do you think Bling Blake knows about the cut that doesn't exist but might exist? Of, oh, uh, the blood orgy? Uh, the, yeah, the Event Horizon cut that apparently only the director owns and he may not own, but apparently it was so it was so far this way into the gore part of that movie that they could never release it. Mary Cheese, I have to correct you here because the masters for Event Horizon were lost. I can't remember if it was in the, the a fire or in a salt mine where they got it was damaged. salt mine. The salt, salt mine, mine yeah. and they got damaged. Salt mine in somewhere Eastern Europe. Exactly, which was apparently a great place to store film until the flood happened or whatever. But so there is an extended cut of the blood orgy that you get just the brief glimpse of. That's lost and we'll never be able to see. But Alas, to, we live in the darkest timeline. In we do. We but since we've talked about Christopher Walken tonight, have you guys ever watched the communion movie starring Christopher Walken? It's very similar to fire in the sky. It's about alien. It's, it's based on a book that's may or may not be true. Much like the fire in the sky story, but it's based on a I mean, book about aliens visiting this guy throughout his life and it stars Christopher Walken. It, the book is creepy as hell, and the movie is also equally creepy as hell. It's kind of like signs before signs. Fair enough. All right, my recommendation this week is going to be a little bit different. DuckTales! <laughs> the Expanse. <laughs> space uh, Mormons. Mormons I... in space. Uh, Launchpad is back, guys, and he had a whole episode dedicated to his flying hijinks. Full House reboot. Woo! I've never recommended that. Look, I don't. I don't Are care. Sure? I I will stump. Listen, I will stand for fucking Ducktales and Expanse, but no. In this case, I'm going to recommend you go check out one of my buddies uh, that does the cosplay thing. His name is Robot Scarecrow. He's he's a great maker and he's got a really good sense of humor. And last Saturday he literally got a sign of Nelson Muntz uh, doing the point ha ha and took it around and took pictures of it at all the Trump signs because he lives in rural Pennsylvania and it was <laughs> it was spectacular. So I very much recommend. He's at Robot Scarecrow on Instagram. He doesn't get enough press. He's a solid dude. Like he did like an oogie boogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. He did this giant pumpkin demon thing, and uh, it, he's a cool dude. Check him out. I think uh, I think that does it for the pod, though. All right, so I knew you'd say that. <laughs> thanks oh, for listening way. to this edition of Hops and Box Office Flops. Thanks to Evil Twin Brewing for making a kick in the teeth that is cleverly disguised as a beer to enjoy this movie with. 
Uh, again, that was the Molotov cocktail. Uh, thank you, Bling Blake, for coming in and joining us. Uh, I really want you to do the outro. Uh, thank you, the listener, for listening. Uh, what do you think of the pod? Leave us a review on iTunes. Please remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave us a comment for what movie you'd like to do next or what you thought of us. Um, the Thunderous Wizard can be found at WriterTLK on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Chumpzilla at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. I am the law. Mayor McCheese is available at HBO Flops McCheese. Excuse me, that, that should have been HBOF McCheese if you're looking for Mayor McCheese. Next week, uh, join us for Bullet to the Head, which Thunderous Wizard, what, what did you describe that as? Which is an ultra macho 80s throwback Stallone in full HGH session classic. You got to see it. You got to. I'm very excited to talk about it. Steroid Stallone is the best Stallone. So basically, it's a sequel to Over the Top. Oh no! This is this is late era Stallone, very roided out, very tattooed. It's great. All right. Well, that's it for Hobson box office flops. Stay safe out there. You want fear? I am fear. You want chaos? I am the chaos. You want a new beginning? I am the new beginning. <laughs> <laughs>